Welcome. This is Daily Habits with Suzanne Golston. Thanks for listening. Death is an uncomfortable topic for most of us and often a painful experience we struggle to make sense of and accept. When I decided I wanted to launch my podcast platform talking about death, I had no idea just how poignant that was going to be or how much death I was going to face. We are going to continue with that topic today, but first, a few tidbits about me if you don't know me. I'm a serious yoga and meditation junkie. I've been teaching and practicing for more than 20 years, and I'd love to create a unique and unforgettable experience for you sometime. I'm also an energy expert and can thoroughly cleanse, clear, and renew your personal energy field, property, or home. I also love to create energetic environments for initiations, journeys, and ceremonies. My primary focus is using what I've learned to support others on their journey. If you want to know more, please visit SuzanneGolston.com. Thanks for listening. As I begin to birth this podcast format with the expert help of my web person, I was really excited to tell him that my first podcast was going to be about death. That felt relevant, deep, real, and universal. And true to my double Scorpio astrology, I've always been interested in all things mysterious, hard to explain, unknown, hidden, or secret. I thrive on getting to the bottom of things, and I'm really good at it most of the time. I'm also in touch with what is going on astrologically, and it has been an extremely intense year, as we all know, and it's not over. And 2021 may not be a lot different. We still have a powerful conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn on the winter solstice, which promises to be extremely intense. I know everyone has been feeling it, whether you associated it with astrology or not. Of course, I've had people tell me they don't believe in astrology, but I don't see it as a belief system at all. When you were born, the planets were in certain positions in the sky. That's a fact, not a belief. Whether you choose to give any meaning to that is up to you, but the reality is that other planets certainly affect things here on Earth. We know the sun is vitally important to our existence, and the moon is affecting the water on the planet, the tides. And the ancients used the locations of stars and planets for many purposes. The astrology for a big part of 2020 could easily be interpreted as lots of, represented by Jupiter, death and transformation, represented by Pluto. Many people are choosing to exit as the world gets more and more polarized, divided, and unpredictable. I'm very sensitive to energy, and the collective fear, polarization, and uncertainty is truly palpable for me. So choosing to talk about death was not really a stretch at all for me. It seemed quite natural. But what was about to happen in my life made this decision seem like psychic phenomena. After writing a few episodes, my longtime boyfriend, Mark, died suddenly. 
We had been together for 15 years, even though a lot of that time was reluctantly spent apart, with him living in one state and me in another. This certainly created a certain tension in our relationship, but we had an ancient connection that neither one of us could walk away from. When we first met, I remember him telling me that I was the last woman he was ever going to be with. And he was right. But for one reason or another, until COVID, we hadn't made it a day-to-day reality for more than just a few months. And this wasn't going to be any different. Let me pull back and give you a broader view of just how much death showed up for me. It started six weeks before Mark's death with the unexpected death of my sister-in-law's mom. She was 90-something, a true matriarch who really loved my brother. He's a softy, super emotional, and when I talked to him on the phone, I knew my support could make a difference. And no one in the family had met Mark, so I convinced him to go with me. It was literally the first funeral Mark had ever attended at the ripe age of 65, and it would be the only funeral he would ever attend. Then, one of my best friends from high school passed away without me even knowing she wasn't well. connected with some mutual friends and found out she had been diagnosed with cancer at the beginning of the year and didn't want anybody to know. That hit home for me and made me really sad. I definitely spent time reflecting on that and telling her I was sorry we had kind of lost contact. But I saw the opportunity within it and I decided to reconnect with my other best friend and do a better job of staying in touch. Then my beloved Mark. As soon as I got back from a gathering, I arranged for Mark's friends to come together and meet one of his sons, who had come down from Canada. Literally the next week, my favorite uncle passed. There was no way I could miss his service. I convinced my brother to go, which made a huge difference for me. I'm not sure I could have done it alone. And the service was just incredible. And it felt good to connect with my family and friends and spend time with my sister-in-law and nieces. The last in this string of deaths was a vibrant, beautiful, 24-year-old woman I'd known since she was in the first grade with my youngest son, whose brother I considered to be my third son. It was a horrific car accident. Three deaths in one month. I was just numb. The visitation was really hard, but I was encouraged by the faith and acceptance expressed by her family. The funeral was magnificent, with a powerful message, but what resonated with me the most was when the preacher asked God for comfort. That touched me deep inside. For whatever reason, it did not occur to me to ask God for comfort. He said, Lord, we know we have to go through this. We know we have to mourn and grieve. But Lord, please comfort us. He also talked about how we plan for life and 
Clearly, we should also plan for death, because there's no life without death. I realized as I stood graveside that both my uncle's funeral and this one were also funerals for Mark. That is the mother load, if you ask me. And I know I'm still in my own grief process, but I'm choosing to use that process to support others if I can. The reality sinks in a little more each day, and as much as the mind wants to understand what has happened, it never will. What I've been looking for is peace, peace in my heart and mind. I can tell any story I want about what has happened. That's true of anything that happens in our life. I'm not talking about making something up that didn't happen. I'm talking about framing what happened in a way that creates peace. You're always free to ask yourself whether your story about what has happened brings you peace. If it doesn't, change it. You get to do that. It's your story, your perceptions, and they are open to change, but you must choose it. I know I am forever profoundly changed. And I also know I called these changes in. So I have more to offer others who might be having a similar experience. Somewhere inside, I knew I could and would get through it all. Even before these deaths, I've had plenty of other death experiences we will talk about later. But never in my life has it been more clear to me how easy it would be to spin out into a haze of depression, addiction, anger, hopelessness, and grief, given everything that was going on around me. How have I avoided that so far? I have relied on my strong faith in the highest possible outcome for my life, whatever that might be. The day after Mark's passing, I walked down into my studio space where one of my altars with many of my sacred things is, and I got down on my knees. I looked at my mother's picture there and closed my eyes and prayed, God, Goddess, I'm surrendering this to you. I have no idea how to get through this, so I'm going to lay it at your feet. As I got up, I heard that the life Mark and I had planned was not my destiny this life. I let that sink in as best I could as I walked at a snail's pace around the block. I knew I needed to move my body in order to help this experience continue to move. I still felt like I was in a bad movie and my brain just felt like mush. But after that walk, I felt better. It helped move some of the heaviness. The next day, I was able to get on the yoga mat, which helped me tremendously. Yoga has provided me with some important skills and understandings that have made a big difference in this experience. I kept my practice simple and easy. I paid close attention to my breath. The entire right side of my body was aching. The right side is often associated with masculine energy, so that made sense to me. I allowed myself to feel the pain 
and grief in my body. And I invited it to be released into the earth for transformation. My nervous system felt fried. Sleep was next to impossible. So I used a practice called Yoga Nidra or yogic sleep to help calm my system and provide rest and rejuvenation. It's different from regular sleep in a few important ways, but it's very helpful in processing physical, mental, or emotional stress. As I stayed fully present, but quiet and still, I surrendered my need to be other than I was. I relaxed and allowed the earth to support me in my process. I don't know how long I laid there, but I could feel energy being released into the earth. My brain fog improved, and I felt more alert and refreshed when I got up. Death and loss will touch us all eventually. How we respond to the heaviness and sadness can make a big difference. I hope you found something in what I shared helpful and supported. Thanks for listening to my show. Please join me tomorrow. Until then, be kind to others, the planet, and yourself. Namaste.